What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so, so glad you're tuning in, whether it's your first time or 5,000th time tuning in. We're so, so glad you're here. We've been in this series, our summer series called Persons of Interest Summer Takeover, and we essentially have a guest host every week bringing the word, bringing a message for everyone that listens, whether you're in the U.S. or around the globe. We're so, so glad you've been tuning in. And last week, we had a powerful, powerful word from Pastor Jamin Bell calling in chaos. If you've missed it, I urge you and encourage you to go back Tune in, check that episode out. But this week, uh, we have a brand new guest. Again, another guest host for episode two of Summer Takeover. And I'm telling you, this word today is going to be amazing. You want to make sure to lock in, have your notes, whatever you're doing. This gentleman uh, actually hosts the Andrew Ramon podcast that's you can go catch on all major platforms as well i was able to connect with this guy uh through podcasting he's become more than just a connection but a friend and a supporter of vantage point podcast and without any further ado i want you to welcome of give a huge vantage point welcome to andrew Rahman. Everybody, my name is Andrew Roman. It is truly just an honor to be part of this summer takeover persons of interest 2022. Thanks, Nick, so much, man. Hey, I gotta tell you guys, listeners of Fantasy Point Podcast, you guys are always in the tree every single podcast and every single episode because God has blessed Nick with such um, not just wisdom and understanding, but revelation because May, it maybe it sounds cheesy, but look, information is available anywhere nowadays, right? There's never a lack of information. However, information without revelation doesn't bring transformation. And that's what God wants to bring to your life is transformation. So through Nick, he definitely brings that revelation. So I'm just extremely uh, grateful. I hope that you didn't miss last week's episode with Pastor Jamin Bell called Calling in Chaos. If you missed it, hit a pause right now and go check it out. You're not going to want to miss next week. But like I mentioned previously, my name is Andrew Roman. It's just a, such a privilege to kind of share a little bit of what's been on my heart here. And uh, I hope it's going to be a bit of a challenge this episode. As you saw the topic today, or at least the title, is called The Devil's Letters. So that might just keep you wondering, what in the world are we going to talk about today? Hey, something I say, at least in my own show, is we're, we always go deep. We always go deep. So I hope you're ready. I hope that you're tuned in, you're locked in, because this episode is going to be awesome. I, I just know it. Um, here's the thing is there's a saying that was, that's been said for many, many years now. It says that the two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. Because that search of purpose is something that we're all kind of looking for. Sometimes we feel like we found it. Other times we feel like we lost it, right? We all kind of want to know why are we here on earth? Because there is a reason, by the way. Let me remind you, you listen to Vantage Point Podcast, which Nick definitely emphasizes this a lot. You have a reason. There is a reason that you're here on earth. God does have a, a plan for you. And maybe you go to church and you hear that often. Jeremiah 29, 11, for God has a plan for you to prosper you, not to harm you for good, not for evil, for hope in the future. And, and you know it, but sometimes we kind of want to know more specifics about the plan, <laughs> right? We just don't want to know that God has a plan for us. But what does that 
actually look like? Why then do we do we feel sometimes purposeless when God has, in fact, a purpose for us? And this is kind of what we're going to talk about today, is what, how can we, to, in today's world, in today's culture, live and make a difference? How can our life leave a footprint and an impact while we're here on earth? Because here's the thing, uh, one of the best ways to understand why we're not moving forward might be to understand what's kind of, what's an obstacle in front of us. Kind of, that's actually why we're going to read the devil's letters. Now, what do I mean by the devil's letters? You see, there's a there's a Christian author, very famous Christian author, I'm sure you're familiar with, called C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis wrote some of the greatest books in the world, the Chronicles of Narnia, Mere Christianity, and some so many others uh, that really delved up, d- dive deeply into Christian theology. Well, he wrote this novel called The Screwtape Letters. Um, it's It was read often, very long time ago, but not so much currently. In The Screwtape Letters, again, it's a novel, but it's very interesting because it's a novel of letters between one experienced demon to a less experienced demon. Actually, it's Screwtape. So Screwtape is the 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 vet, if you will, of being a demon. He's been he's been through it a lot. He's been a demon for years. And then here comes his nephew Warmwood. Now Warmwood, he's a newbie, right? First day on the job. He has no idea how to be a demon. He doesn't know how to oppress people, how to mess up people, how to stand in the way of God's plans. He doesn't know any of that. So Screwtape writes him these letters to kind of give him give him some advice, some advice into human nature, some advice into what he's supposed to do for their as they call him, their father below Satan. Now, it's an, it is it is a fascinating novel. I encourage you to read it. And we're actually only going to see a quick paragraph here that's going to set the tone for the rest of the episode. And again, it's a complete novel. I believe that God gave C.S. Lewis insight and revelation into how the devil works in order basically to expose his plants. And you'll see that by the end of this episode, I believe that you will be equipped to live a life of purpose today. So let's expose this devil's letters. So in the very first letter, uh, Screwtape, remember the more experienced demon, reads and, and writes this to Wormwood, the less experienced one. Now, I will say this as I read this off the book, that he's, he mentions your man. When he says your man, talking to Wormwood, he's basically saying your subject, right? The man you're in charge of oppressing. So listen to this. Your man has been accustomed ever since he was a boy, to have a dozen incompatible philosophies dancing about together inside his head. And he doesn't think of these doctrines as true or false, but mainly as academic, practical, outworn, contemporary, conventional, or ruthless. Jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. Now, why do I read this? Because I believe that it is important to understand the culture that we live in. Our culture, evident in TikTok, social media, is extremely pluralistic, meaning it's pluralistic and individualistic. Now, what does that mean? For example, when it comes to morality, the question of God exists, salvation, it's like a buffet. Like Screwtape tells Wormwood here, man, every person is accustomed to growing up with a bunch of philosophies dancing around together in our heads. We've heard it all, right? In TikTok, we've heard, oh, there's so many ways to heaven. Oh, no, God exists. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Well, good. Maybe it's objective. Maybe it's subjective. There's all these different ideas. It's almost like a buffet. 
with so many options to believe in, like, just like food. And no one can say that one idea is wrong, just like I can't say that something necessarily tastes bad, because, hey, who am I to say that pickles aren't good? I personally don't like pickles, but maybe you love pickles, so I can't say that pickles are objectively bad, right? Some of them that love pickles are even food critics. Similarly, I mean, we live in a culture where someone says, well, who are you to say that atheism, Hinduism, universalism, postmodernism, Islam, mysticism, New Age aren't true? I mean, after all, there are so many people that identify as that or believe in that, even some really, quote-unquote, smart people, some philosophers, some gurus, some scientists. So very much like Screwtape told Wormwood, every person grows up in a culture, especially today, where there are so many different ideas and philosophies, right? And what that ends up creating in us is that ends up creating confusion in us so that we can't walk in truth because that's what has power in this world, guys. Truth is the only thing that has power. Lies don't have power unless you believe them to be true. Then they start having power. But what the enemy wants to do in order to rob your purpose is he wants you to be confused because he's the author of confusion. God is not. God is the God of order, not disorder and confusion. But Satan is the author of confusion. So if he gets you confused enough not to be sure about the truth, you're not going to go anywhere, right? It's like the person who has so many options that ends up picking nothing. Let's just be honest. When's the last time you were on Netflix? There's so many options you don't know what to watch, right? So sometimes you end up watching nothing or spending hours in without clicking one option because there are so many. So I believe that this is reading the devil's letters, if you will. It exposes that what the devil wants you to do is to have so many options and so many philosophies in your head and ideas in your head that you really can't tell which one is true. That way, it robs your confidence and it robs the impact that you can make in life. Because if you want to make an impact, you got to stand for something. Everybody else is, is sitting down. Because let me remind you something. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And that's when it comes to the Word of God. So many of us, we, without even noticing, we've mixed all these ideas and ideologies and philosophies with the Word of God that now we, we're so confused in what we actually believe in that we won't take a step forward for the gospel. We won't take a step forward for God because we're just not sure. So that's the society that we live in right now. It's completely pluralistic. But then the letter to Wormwood continues. Did you listen to this last part? It says this, that he doesn't think of these doctrines as primarily true or false. That's the world we live in today. People don't can't say if something's true or false. They just say, hey, it's true for me. Have you heard that one before? It's my truth. Hey, I hate to break it to you, but the word of God says that there's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. You and I don't have our personal truths, as in like our personal truth of objective reality. We might have our opinion on truth, and that might be right or wrong based on the facts that line up with the truth, but we just really have our own opinions and perspectives. But we don't have our personal truth. There's only one truth, and that's found in Jesus. But here goes again, the devil wanting us to be completely confused. And then the, the, the demon says this. He says, jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. And if I may add, is that jargon, not argument, is the best ally in keeping you from your purpose. Now, what do we mean by jargon? 
I, I don't know you. I, I, like, I like sports. Yo soy mexicano. Yo soy de México. So I'm from Mexico. So naturally, my favorite sport, if I were to choose one, is soccer or football, as we call it. So I can name a lot of teams. And there's a lot of jargon when it comes to soccer, right? O sea, si fue un penal, o gol, o tiro de esquina, o un penalty. All, all these words are jargon. You probably are into NFL or NBA or whatever other sports that you like. And there's all these jargons that I personally can't keep up. I mean, I don't even know what happens when the guy throws up like a yellow flag. I'm like, what was that? I have no idea. But that's all jargon. Can I tell you there's a lot of jargon that in church? I'm sure you know it. Come on. We all know how to sound like a good Christian. Just say God bless often. Just say brother or sister. Say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, the rest of my days are the best of my days. We all know jargon, but do we know the argument? Meaning, we know what to say, but do we know why we believe what we believe? Because that why is the truth behind it. Because when you only know the what of what you believe and not just the why, then my friend, you and I are not ever going to live in purpose and leave the impact that God wants us to leave on this earth. We're going to be confused because who are we to say that we have the truth and not somebody else if we don't know the why behind it? Because this culture has become individualistic, meaning faith is seen as a personal matter. What works for you might not work for me or vice versa. We say things like, well, just follow your heart. Or that person found what works for him. There, there are famous, famous sayings like all roads lead to Rome or all rivers lead to the sea. And at the end of the day, hey, man, it really doesn't matter what anyone believes as long as you find your way. And I think as Christians, we've adapted that. We've adapted that and we just know jargon. We know all the nice things to say about in, in Christian lingo, in Christianese, as some people call it. We know jargon, and we've adapted that and made our faith something that is almost secret and personal to us. Hey, I don't want to obstruct. You know, I don't want to intrude anybody's beliefs. So sharing our faith becomes difficult and, and uncomfortable many times. So we say things like, man, I just don't want to impose my beliefs on anybody else. So we go on Sundays to church and other Christian gatherings, maybe on Wednesdays or Friday nights. But outside of that, we keep our faith to ourselves. It's just like another area of our life. The same way that you don't go telling everybody how work has been for you, since it's just an area of your life, well, it's the same thing that we do with our faith. We don't go along with everything. We, we say things like, I found what works for me. Here's the problem with that. Remember I told you that what the devil wants to do is to add confusion to your life and to rob away truth, so it robs away the power in your life? Because you want to live God's purpose, right? Me too. Well, the problem is that our faith is inherently evangelistic. That means that for you to live your purpose, your purpose is very simple, if, if I can just say it in, in two ways. And yes, there are many, many talks and, and that I've even done myself on really diving into your calling, your purpose, and the specifics. But generally speaking, your purpose is very simple, found in two, two things. Know God and make Him known. Very simple. Done. It's the same purpose every single believer has. Now, how that's done might differ from somebody else. Someone might do it in the medical field. Someone might do it over podcasts. Someone might do it on, um, you know, preaching. Someone might do it sitting in the pew and then talking to someone in Starbucks. So how God uses you might vary, but your purpose is, is that. 
know God and make him known. But our culture wants you to say, well, can you really know God? Or which God are we talking about? Because there's all these beliefs. And then make him known. Oh, come on now. You don't want to be intolerant of other people. You don't want to be hateful or a bigot or anything like that, right? That's, that's what our culture tells us. But remember, our faith is inherently evangelistic. And in order to evangelize, and by the way, evangelize doesn't mean just being in the street corner with a, with a, a megaphone, you know, ta talking about the end times. God bless those people. But that's not all that evangelism has. Evangelism is just being a witness, being, hey, I saw something. If you've ever seen a witness on the stand, what does a witness say? Say what he's seen, right? So that's all you, you had to do when you evangelize, evangelize with someone is just see, say what you've seen. Now, it is hard to evangelize when you've never seen anything. It's hard to evangelize when you don't have a relationship with God, when all you know is jargon, but you don't know the why behind what you believe. Then, yes, I don't blame you. Evangelizing is hard. But our faith is inherently evangelistic. It's always been about sharing with others the goodness of Christ. There's, I want to say something that if taken out of context might be controversial, but just hear me out in, in full context. There's no such thing as Jesus being your quote-unquote personal Lord and Savior. Now, hear me out, hear me out. He's the Lord and Savior of the entire world, and you've actually just accepted that and submitted to his Lordship and received his salvation. But John 3.16 doesn't say, for God so only loved you. No, he loved the world, which includes you, but it also includes your neighbor and your friends and your family. And I get why we say it personal because Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but not in the sense as in like everyone has their own personal Savior and Jesus happens to be yours, right? Buddha might be someone else's. Muhammad might be someone else's. The mysticism might be uh, someone else's. The gurus might be someone else's. And yours is just personally Jesus. My friend, that's not how it works. And the early believers never lived this way. The early believers lived in purpose. How do we know that? It's because they, they didn't live as if they had just found another way to live. Oh, I just found another path, another road to Rome, another, another river to the sea. Oh, I just found this great self-help program that helps me. But hey, man, if you're not into it, don't worry about it. There's so many other self-help programs. No, no, they realized that Jesus' words were true in John 14 when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. They believed that. If he's saying that I am the way, that means that every other way that claims to be the way is not true, and it's actually a road down the wrong path. If he's saying that's the truth, that anything apart from him is actually a lie, and if he says that he is the life, that anything apart from him is dead. So the early believers, they preach that message to everyone around them. The problem today is I think we we fight with two things. One, like screw tape letters, the screw tape wrote to his nephew Wormwood. We just know jargon. We just know all this all these words. We know how to say yes to the right. We know that in Sunday school uh, classes, the right answer is basically Jesus all the time, and boom, you pass Sunday school class, right? <laughs> At least that's what it was when I was a kid. How many of us just know jargon, but we don't know the why? You see, Second Peter or First Peter three fifteen says that we should always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that you that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. A lot of us just know jargon, but we don't have a defense. We know, we know pretty words that sound nice, but we don't have substance. 
I know that's a bit challenging, but I want to tell you that might be the reason that you're not quite living out the God, the purpose that God has for your life. It's because you've stuck with just learning new vocabulary, but not actually a life transformation. And then that has stopped you from doing what's inherent in our faith is to evangelize to someone because you say, hey, man, at the end of the day, everyone can be right, right? Because the problem today is that we don't want to offend anyone. We think that if we offend someone, we're doing something wrong. I mean, I want to tell you, conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. So whenever someone else, hey, well, you know, what what, what makes Jesus the only way to heaven, right? Because that's, that's a fair question. And by the way, I, I think it'll be fun if we kind of answer that a little bit today. Uh, in case you, someone ever asks you that question, because I think it's it's a fair one. Why I, I get that question often with, with the episodes that I do about God's existence and Christianity being true and all that. Sometimes we'll, some, someone will ask me, hey, um, why Jesus, though? Like, why is everyone else wrong? Or, or like, And I say ultimately wrong, because some religions have some truth in it, which is actually derived from biblical truth, but ultimately they're wrong. Um, as my dad always told me, he said, the, the greatest lie is the one with some truth in it. That's just ultimately a lie. So let's let's just answer this question real quick because maybe that this will help you know not just jargon, but also know argument. And by argument, I don't mean like a debate because you're like, I don't like debate. That's, that's fine. I don't really love debating either. But an argument means the why. Remember, this is C.S. Lewis writing in the 1900s. He's old school. He's British. So, of course, he sounds a lot smarter than us. Because am I the only one who thinks that British people basically sound way smarter than us? Hey, that's at least me. I mean, think about it. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's like, wow, this guy's a genius. Anyways, back to uh, answering that question. So why is Jesus the only way? Why is Christianity true, not other religions? Why aren't them? Why aren't they all correct or all of them wrong? So let's kind of answer that. In order to arrive at that answer, we kind of have to take a step, a couple steps back and ask the first question does God even exist to begin with? Because atheists will claim that that they don't, that God doesn't exist. Naturalists will say no. Humanists will say no. Um, and if that's the case, and all religions believing in some kind of deity, including Christians, are wrong. End of story. But what if God does exist? And for the sake of time, I won't break down all the evidence for God's existence, but there is plenty of evidence for God's existence that I break down in my own show. Uh, whether you're talking about the scientific proof of the beginning of the universe and everything that comes to an existence has to have a cause, that cause being God, the moral argument, the philosophical. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of evidence. So as we explain in those arguments, basically, it proves that God does exist. And this God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's good. He's immaterial. He, he never changes. He's perfect. He's intelligent. He's one and he's personal. This automatically cancels out any polytheistic religions, if you will, uh, like New Age, modern spiritualism, religions like Buddhism, etc. So the next question we have to ask, okay, God does exist, but has he revealed himself to man, to mankind? Because maybe he's like the deists believe that there is a higher being that created the world because there's so much intelligent design in creation, but he's not personal. Oh, this whole thing about Jesus coming? Egg? No, 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 no. He's, a, he, he's kind of the... He created a watch, set it in motion, and walked away for an eternal coffee break. That's about it. But there are three major monotheistic religions that say that this deity has, in fact, revealed himself. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. They all say yes, but can they all be right? Some people, a lot of people say that these three religions worship the same God. But let's ask, what we have to then ask is, how do these religions say that God has revealed himself? Because maybe they contradict each other and they can't all be true. Although, by the way, these some of these 
religions, they do share common history like Abraham and David, but the rubber hits the road with the person of Jesus. You see, Judaism has mixed feelings. Uh, some believing that he was a good teacher but never claimed to be God, and then he's just kind of misunderstood. Um, and others believing he was just a political revolutionary. But he was definitely crucified, they said. He was definitely crucified but never resurrected, and that's just uh, a myth that his supporters and believers um, you know, made up. Then Islam comes along and says, well, actually, Jesus was a prophet of God. He's not just a good teacher. He's actually the word of God, uh, but he didn't die by crucifixion at all. Thus, he never resurrected. He actually retired somewhere else and, and, and passed away uh, with wife and kids or was taken up to heaven. But then here comes Christianity, right? Christianity says, well, no, actually, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He was actually God himself in the flesh. And he did die by crucifixion. He didn't just faint. He died, but then he resurrected. So which one's true? I mean, either none of them are right and Jesus like never existed or one is right and the other ones are not. The early believers were convinced that Jesus died and was crucified according to scripture for our sins on the third day. You can read that in 1 Corinthians 15. This wasn't just a personal savior. This was the ancient of days that they were talking about. The one coming in the clouds, the one that, pro that the prophet Daniel uh, prophesied about. This was the one whom all kingdoms and kings would be put under his feet, to whom every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like, hey, maybe I got to remind you who Jesus is, but this is Jesus. Some of us live like, oh, I'm just not sure yet. Oh, we kind of, we're kind of quiet about our faith. Thus, we don't quite live in the purpose that God has for us. Let me remind you, the world is in bondage and King Jesus wants to set it free. When you share your faith, you're not just sharing another way to heaven with somebody. You're not just sharing your faith to, to someone to just, it's just another version of self-help self or, or, you know, go, go to the library to the self-help books. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. You are sharing a life-changing message of the God of the universe. Because let me remind you, without God, we're not spiritually neutral. Actually, the Bible says that we're, we're dead. And Jesus comes to make us alive. We're blind leading the blind. But Jesus opens our eyes and to see what living really means and for our purpose to be fulfilled. So not every road leads to Rome. Not every river leads to the sea. In fact, not every religion is true. So I encourage you because as the screw tape letter said, if you keep living, just knowing jargon and not knowing the why behind what you believe, my friend, I don't believe that you will ever live your purpose out. But if you dig deeper into your why, and your why doesn't always have to be these fancy arguments for God's existence scientifically. No, 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 no. It's deeper than that because there are two things that defeat. Listen to this. There's two things that defeat the enemy. That is the blood of the lamb and the word of your, what is it? Testimony. That's right. The word of your testimony, the word of your of your witness, right? A witness has a testimony, but again, it's hard to be a witness if you've never witnessed anything, if you've never seen anything, if all you've done is sit in the pew but not actually decided to follow the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and actually put into action, right? Because you're, because remember the parable of the house built on the sand and the one built on the rock? As Christians, we love that parable, right? Because we're like, man, I, I love that. Definitely build your house on the rock. But listen to what Jesus actually said about that parable. He said that there are two people. And th both of those people listened to what Jesus said. The person who just listened to it and never did anything, 
was the person who built his house on the sand, and here came the storms, and it was gone. But the person who listened and did something and obeyed was the person who built his house on the rock. Did you catch that? Both people listened to him. You could even say both people maybe sat in the, in the church pew. Both people maybe went to youth group. Both people listened to these podcasts, and both people put up, you know, YouTube, cool preachings on YouTube, um, but only one did it. So, my friend, if you want to live the purpose that God has for your life, you got to go deeper than jargon. you got to go into the why behind the faith and the hope that you have. And to kind of wrap up the episode a little bit, in Acts 17, Paul shows us the amazing uh, example on how to preach the great news of God, and also um, also Philip. So Paul and Philip, they're in completely different places here. Acts chapter 7, Paul is, be- Paul is before, um, he's in the midst of the Areopagus. So the Areopagus is, is, was basically all the, the gray beards of the city came together. It's kind of like a council. Are you uh, like a Star Wars fan? Okay, think about it. It's like the council, right? Like the Jedi council. All the Jedi masters are there. So it's basically all the philosopher masters. I know, what a nerd. Yes, but that's the reference I got, okay? Um, all the all the Jedi masters, the philosopher masters are there. And then what Paul does is he speaks to them about the unknown God that they had been worshiping. And he says, hey, this unknown God is actually not as far as you thought because you're kind of, basically he tells them this, you were on the right track, but then you got you got confused. But you were on the right track, but then you got confused. Paul here is observing the culture around them, and he's saying, yo, this culture accepts many ideas, and that's what they spend their time you know, talking about all these ideas, but they're not quite there. So let me make known to you someone that you thought would never be clear, that you'd never be able to actually know him. So Paul is not saying, oh, you guys are all wrong, you guys are all stupid, you know, move on. No, no, he's saying, hey, um, you're actually he's establishing common ground and then sharing the good news and pointing them from what they believe to what the actual truth is. And then in Acts chapter 8, here comes Philip. And Philip is actually just walking down a road when an Ethiopian eunuch is reading the scroll of Isaiah. And then the Holy Spirit says, hey, go over and join his chariot. And then he's able to then guide the eunuch from what he was reading and point him to Jesus. So here's two different Examples. The example of Paul was someone that he was able to share the good news because he was well-versed in what his audience believed. And many of us don't simply don't care enough to know what other people believe in order to share the gospel with them. And then Philip was someone that was able to share the good news because he was well-versed in what he himself believed that he was able to take someone from Isaiah all the way to the goodness of the gospel. He knew more than jargon. He knew the argument, the why behind what he believed. So here's my question to you. Do you want to live the purpose that God has for you? You got to get away from the confusion. You got to step in the truth. You got to step in the light of Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to stand up for something or I'm going to fall for anything here. And I'm not just going to stand up for my opinion. I want to stand up for the truth. I want to go deeper than just jargon. And this is why it's amazing that you're listening to this podcast, because that's what Nick does. Nick doesn't stay with the jargon. He actually takes everything deeper into the argument and the why behind what we believe. So you don't want to miss this series of Summer Takeover, Persons of Interest. We'll see you next episode. Thanks, guys. Take care.